This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. So much for tuning in. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast exclusive to the Blaze. This is the only show people come to where you come for the, for the accent, yet you stay for the principles. I hope you're having a super and wonderful weekend. I don't know about you, but I'm, uh, as the old song goes, it's starting to feel a lot like Christmas. It really is, and I, 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 I can't explain it. If you've been listening the last couple of weeks, I've been in a very funny mood. And I'm really looking forward to Christmas. Um, I hope you are as well. Um, it, it's I'm not a. I haven't been through parts of my life. Haven't been a big Christmas fan for for many different reasons. But this year, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, this week was really good in in my life. Um, Several things happened on a, a couple of projects I worked on um, privately, but also we got a Christmas tree, and the Christmas tree is up, and we have lights, and I even shared a picture on Facebook earlier in the week, so check that out. If It's just really cool. Um, there's just, I don't know, um, I don't know if any of you feel it, but just there's something magical about a dark room with different colored lights. There's just something magical, romantic, just just beautiful. And I could, ju- I just sat down earlier in the week when we first got it. The first night we got it, I just sat down and just sat in the room, and it was dark, and there was nothing out on, no radio, no TV, no lights, and just looking at the different colours on our tree and seeing the lights reflect off the different ornaments. It was, it's just truly magical. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing, and I'm super pumped. And I've got a jam-packed show for you today. I've got a lot of things I want to discuss with you including revisiting a conversation I had with you last week. Um, and I'll explain that later on in the show. It revolves around the flag issue. Um, because I, I do posts on my Facebook page and on my Twitter page. Facebook is a bit better for me because I can, you know, I'm not limited to 140 characters. But if you're on Facebook, um, you can go to Freedom's Disciple, like that. But also, if you go to JonathanDunn.58, you'll see my personal page. Send me a friend request or follow me there. I post, I post a lot of stuff during the week. And I posted about the flag because I was really unhappy with the response to it. And some people messaged me privately and I got called a new word that I've never been insulted before. And I'll, I'll tell you what that is later on in the show. I didn't think, again, my own ignorance, there are issues I just think when I'm doing this show prep, I don't really need to go through in great detail, but it, it seems I do. And a lot of people weren't happy with me, with my position on burning the American flag. Some people called me un-American that I, I, thought I was I thought you were different I thought you would be angry with people burning the American flag and anger is not an emotion I use um unless I it just happens I don't plan on ever using it but I talk about principles so I'm going to talk to you about that later in the show but today to start off I, I want to just address a small issue um I love hearing and engaging with each and every one of you 
even if we never agree, there is a a person who I'm very friendly with who listens to this show who messages me probably once or twice a month who is admittedly a socialist. But we can talk. We find the common ground where he will listen to the show and he will message me saying, yeah, but what about this and what about this scenario and, and what about this? We disagree on these things. It's very respectful. It's very honest. He's a, he is a good guy. We just fundamentally disagree on government. But there is an issue in the blaze right now because and people have been asking me about it. And I want to just address it straight off the bat. And it's the issue regards Tommy and Doc Thompson. I don't want to spend too long on it, but I want to make one big point. I consider Doc a personal friend. And I want to share some, because some of the comments that he has received, tr- sent to me to send to him, haven't been exactly positive. They think it, they just didn't like it. I don't want to address what Doc said, because that's between Doc and Tommy, and that's his show, and, and that's what he does. I know Doc. Doc is one of the good guys. If you are involved in this industry, you know there are plenty of phony people out there who only care about themselves and their own message and their own, the way they look. And they're very, that's just who they are. I'm not going to say that's good or bad. That's just who they are. Doc is one of the people who is very good. He's super funny. He's super talented. But he is not an ego person. And he gives of his time to other people. I remember last year, I didn't. I don't think I shared this on the air. If I did, um, you might remember it. But Doc was one of the few people who helped me get this show uh, off the ground, and he gave me loads of advice. But when I went to Dallas last year, so just pictures, if you will. You've got this Irish guy who very few people within the blaze know. They might know of me and they maybe have had conversations and, and Skypes, but meeting face-to-face and actually spending time with, no one knows. I sent out messages to friends and I had great times with a lot of people. I got to meet Buck Sex and he was really cool, but he was super busy. I got to meet Michael Pelka and we went out to the Statue of Liberty together. Doc, by far above anyone else, spent time with me. When he found out I was going to be in Dallas, it was lucky he was going to be in Dallas the exact same week I was. And the first thing he did was say, listen, we're going to be doing our show in this room from 6 to 9 in the morning, which was actually 5 to 8 where we were in Dallas, as it's on Central Time. And he said, just if you want to come, anytime you want, just come and hang out. I spent three days with him on the show. He had me on the air. But also, when I wasn't on the air... We just hung out. I got to learn how they do things, both Doc and Skip. Two really gents of the industry. He really was super. We got to hang out backstage. He could have just said, hey, I'll have you on for half an hour and, you know, you can hang around. But then, you know, you go do your own thing. He was always open and generous to me. He is one of the truly good guys in the industry. Then you have Tommy. I spoke to Tommy of all of two seconds. If I said more than hi to her, I cannot remember, and I'm sure she hasn't got a clue who I am. Nor does she ever want to know someone like me, I would imagine. If you listen to any of her work, and you listen to more of my work, I don't need to go down through the differences me and Tommy have. If we, the next time we agree on something, I'm pretty sure it'll be the first time we've ever agreed on anything. 
if you listen to my show and how I present this and you listen to any of her work, again, I don't need to go down through the, the differences. It's, it's clear personality, tone, the way we present our arguments are totally different. And the arguments we present are different. But a few people message me. And this is what I want to address because I don't want to get into the dirts. I want to ask you some very principal questions. A few people message me going, whose side are you on? I'm Doc's friend. I don't know Tommy. I have more in common with Doc, the way he presents, the way he acts and his principles, than Tommy. But I'm on nobody's side. Doc is a friend and I wish him nothing but the best. The other thing was people wanted some gossip. You know, what? why is he talking out? Why is he talking out now? Do you have any inside information you can share, you know, just off the record? No. And even if I did, I wouldn't share it. If you want to have any issues or you want any inside gossip on Doc Thompson, Tommy, or anyone else at the blaze, go to them, not me. I'm not in the gossip business. And I have no interest in finding out. I genuinely don't have anything on the inside. But here's what I will say, because here's what I really want to focus on. I asked a question last week on last week's show. If you missed it, check it out. Um, it's available anytime. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. And I spent a whole segment. Who or what defines you? I consider Doc a friend. And I am a supporter of his. I, I listen to his show as much as I can. Uh, I'd never listen live because it just I don't have the time. But I listen to people's podcasts. I love this industry. He is super smart and super funny and he's a personal friend. I wish him nothing but the best. But Tommy, why do we always have to have this side issue? Tommy is 24. You can make up your own mind of how smart she is or how right or wrong she is on the issues. I don't agree with her on anything, on substance or style. But I wish her nothing but the best as well. I hope she finds a passion for America, a passion for the Constitution, a passion for principles over party, and a passion for principles over people. Because I hope she doesn't have to find out the wrong way that people will always let you down, but principles never will. I hope she finds an interest in reading more books and reading more about your vast and incredible history. She's 24, so on the law of averages, she's a load of time. I am always sad when I see people, and this has nothing to do with Tommy or Doc, but on different issues. You know where you see two people conflicting with each other? And you always see people getting involved and, you know, they, you, you're going to burn in hell or you're going to rot in hell or, or you're just a dreadful person. One of the things that defined me as a person was my ex-girlfriend. My ex-girlfriend had a saying, and it, it will be with me forever. We need, to, uh, we need to help everyone in their situation reach their highest good. It helped me and it defined my thinking. I always want to see people succeed. I want people to reach their highest good, not what my highest good for them is. I don't want people, whether it's you who listen, Tommy or anyone else, to come to my show and just say, I just want to think the way John thinks. And I want to react the way John reacts. I don't want that. I want you to find your highest good. 
Why do we always have to insult and demean people? Now, Tommy does that quite regularly. You know, I'm sure if we ran into the hallways on the blaze, because I was one of those never-Trumpers, I'm sure she'd have plenty of things to tell me, and maybe not in a nice way. But just because she would look down at me, potentially, I don't know if she's changed her opinion now, but she did many monologues on never-Trumpers. Why do I have to respond in kind? Who defines me and who? what defines me? One thing defines me is I want everyone to reach their highest good. I would love nothing more than if every American had the same passion for America that I do. For the same passion for American exceptionalism that I do. For that same passion for freedom as I do. We can disagree on policies, but just to have that passion for freedom for the individual. Knowing why America is exceptional and other nations are not exceptional. Knowing why you are different and what made you unique. I would love to live in that world. I would love to live in a world where Christians put their religion aside for just a few minutes and focused on all the things that united us and not what divides us. But I, I control what defines me. You do as well. You either define it yourself or you let things define you. Whether that's politics, whether that's who's in the White House, what your culture says, what Hollywood says, what's cool, peer pressure. You either define you or you let others define you. I refuse to get into this culture of hate. Because the amount of times I'm seeing it on the right right now, who act and talk like the Democrats will just never get it. That they're a lost cause. You're right. If you don't talk to them and have actual conversations with them, you will never convert them. You will never have any inroads. They are a lost cause. But how about we just put our issues aside for a minute and then get to a point where we try and get everyone to reach their highest good? Whether that's Tommy, whether that's Doc Thompson, whether that's me, whether that's you, whether that's a Democrat, whether that's Donald Trump. How about we try and get people and inspire a generation that says, I'm not going to demean you, I'm not going to look down on you, I'm not going to insult you, but I'm going to try and lift you up and make you reach your highest good. These are the two parts of society we can live in. Because the culture in America and throughout the world is driven by the media right now. Where the media love nothing more than this axis where you rise incredibly quickly and they're all the way there. Oh my God, how great are you? Give me an interview. Give me an interview. Give me an interview. I want to talk to your family. I want to talk to your friends. And I want to capture all the headlines as you rise. But the media love nothing more than been there as you go to the ground as well and you fall on your face. That is the culture we live in, where we seek to destroy our quote-unquote enemies. Whether that's our religious enemies, because, well, you're not a Christian because you have this faith and this religion, and I have this one. Or whether it's, you, you, you're a Christian, I, well, I'm gay, so we can't possibly agree, right? Or I'm a Christian and you're a Muslim. And I'm white and you're black. And I'm rich and you're poor. All those can't get on. We have these divisions in society because we let them. 
Why don't we try, get to a point where we try and reach out to people, even if it's just now at Christmas time, where we can reach out and try and offer a word of support. Try and help people find their highest good. I hope, I wish Doc and Tommy nothing but the best. And that's not because Glenn Beck is my boss. That's not because we all work for the blaze. That's just because we're all humans. Whether they like it or not, or whether anyone else likes it or not, we are all God's children. Doc is a brother in Christ and Tommy's a sister in Christ. How about we all try and put down our political weapons just for a few minutes and have honest conversations with each other and try and reach your highest good. And that's all i got to say about that. I have no more interest in talking about Tommy. Bar, I wish she hope. I hope she finds and I hope she has a lovely Christmas and that she finds her highest good. I gotta take one quick break, America. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. Before we get to the next issue, I just want to share just something with you. And this is not for me, this is for other people that I know. If you are, if you listen to podcasts or and you listen to similar people on a regular basis or you read people's writing on a certain basis. The best thing you can do is is drop them a note and just tell them how much you appreciate them. Speaking just now around Christmas, this industry is incredibly hard. Um, as a writer or as a podcaster or on live radio, people don't see all the abuse and the hate you can get in this industry. And for the vast majority of us, we do this because it's our passion, because it's our love, because we dream of making a difference. I dream of working in radio. I love radio. But we do it for free. And in this culture that we live in, a lot of people are great and quick to tell you when you're wrong. And also great and quick to insult you and demean you. And a lot of people do that not in the forum of... You know, I'm going to send you a tweet or I'm going to post on your timeline or I'm going to comment on your post. They send you a direct message or they send you a message on Facebook where no one else can see. And it it does actually have an effect on you. And a lot of people question, and I'm actually saying this for a friend of mine not who doesn't work at The Blaze, who feels sometimes that they do all this work and all they ever see is the people who are knocking them and insulting them. So... 
if you know someone, just give them a bit of encouragement or just even wish them a happy Christmas this year. Because a lot, there are a few good people in this industry. And a few, I'm blessed to know quite a few of them. Um, both inside the blaze and outside the blaze. They're really good people. And just encourage them. So if you know someone, and especially someone on the smaller side, you know, who isn't, you know, not your Glenn Beck. But, you know, if there's someone you can send a message to, just wish them well and just thank them for everything that they do. Um, it's nice to say thank you. Now, that being said, I want to... Oh, before we continue, sorry, I do have one other thing to say. So last week I admitted something. Sorry, I forgot to say this. I admitted something. I made a mistake and I admitted it on air. And there's this person who listens and they have a great sense of humor. So last week I admitted I pronounced Mimi wrong. It's I pronounce Mimi. And um, one of my friends, Julie, informed me it's not pronounced Mimi in America. It's pronounced meme. Um, and I apologized because I, I do want to make everything I do right, especially presenting it to you. I don't ever want you to have something wrong, even if it's something small. This show goes live every Saturday at 12 o'clock Eastern. I would say by about 2 Eastern, there was a message waiting for me from a friend of mine who was extremely sarcastic and listens to this show, who said... Oh, nice to see you admitted your mistake. Since you're working on self-improvement, on your show boards, how about you learn to write straight? So, take that what you will. I'm not going to admit any more mistakes. <laughs> um, and I'm trying. I appreciate that I'm trying to make this show as easy for you. They, the show boards are just so you can follow along exactly what I'm going to talk about. And you can see what's in different segments. And just to people respond to visual aids. And as someone who grew up as a Glenn Beck fan... It's kind of this thing where, you know, chalkboards are important. So I apologize if you can't read my writing. I will try and make it better. And I will try not write like a two-year-old um, and try and learn write in a straight line. That all been said, down to serious issues. So last week, I went through a show where I spoke about Castro and I spoke about, you know, who and what defines you and, and then res shared some big news items that was in the, in the, in the news and shared some opinions on them. One of which was responding to a tweet from Donald Trump on burning the flag, where he basically said, if you burn a flag, you should either go to jail or lose your citizenship. And I responded to that. And I didn't spend a whole lot of time on it, because again, my mistake, my ignorance, I didn't think I would have to spend a lot of time on it. I honestly thought, if I spent two, three minutes on it, get it out there, respond why I'm concerned about it, and then people will hear it, and then they will take it on board, and that's it. Apparently, that's not it. So this week, I got a new insult. Something I've never been called before, and I'm still having mixed feelings about it. I got called a Tory for my opposition to sending people in jail for burning the flag. I got told I was against the Founding Fathers. I also got told I was against freedom. So, I don't want to lock people up, you do, and I'm the one who's against freedom. Just think about the logic here for a minute. But I wanted to spend a couple of minutes of this show just addressing this issue, but going back, not just on the flag issue, but going deeper and going into history and sharing what helps define me and my journey on how I found my principles and how I, the journey I took. That makes me say, I despise people who burn flags, but they have a right to do it. And I'm going to read a few things out to you that you will have heard before. 
especially if you've listened to this show and other shows on The Blaze. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions and mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Revolutionary saying, all men are created equal. Now that means many things to many different people. Let me tell you exactly, simply what it boils down to to me. We are all created equal. That means you don't have a right to tell me what to say and what to do. And I don't have a right to tell you or anyone else what to say, what to do and how to act. You are a free, sovereign human being. And you understand that certain rights come from God, your creator, whether that's God, whether that's Allah, whether that's a rock. You have rights. The minute you are formed in the womb, you have rights. And they are rights that are the same for everyone. Whether you are young, whether you are old, whether you are black, whether you are white, whether you are rich, whether you are poor, whether you are a Republican or Democrat, a Trumper or never Trumper or Hillarier. Regardless of what job you have, whether you are a doctor or a lawyer or a stockbroker or someone who sweeps the streets or picks up the garbage or works part-time in the local 7-Eleven, you all have these rights because I don't create these rights. These are rights you were born with from your creator. How can I then turn around to someone and say, you can't do that just because I don't like it and I find it reprehensible, disgusting and despicable. How can I turn around and say, you can't burn that flag? Even though I might, in my gut I'm taught not to hate, but I might hate you because you burned that flag. I might hate you because of everything that flag has stood for, everything that flag has represented. All the men and women I salute every day on this show that have fought and some have died for defending the freedoms that flag gives. Even though I might be appalled at your ignorance of that flag, even though I might be appalled at your level of ignorance and just not caring about everything that has happened in America and why you're exceptional, I can have all those feelings. But that doesn't mean because I might think I have some moral high ground over someone that's burning the flag does not mean that I have all of a sudden some authority to say you can't do that. Because we are all created equal. That is part of what defines me. It is one of the reasons, one of the many, many reasons America is exceptional. And you are different to the rest of the world. Because America is one of the few and if in, of all time and to this day nations that has admitted that rights don't come from government. They come from God, your creator, nature, your stone, Allah, ever who your God is, that is who your rights come from. 
I, you know, I talk about the statist, utopian statist on this show. You know what my utopia is? I love this saying from the Libertarian Party. They're slowly taking o- slowly and surely fighting each day to take over the world and then leave you to hell alone. While I have many disagreements with the Libertarian Party as a political party, not the ideology, I kind of, that's what I subscribe to. I post stuff and I talk about rights, but I also try and post motivational stuff. You can do anything. No one should be able to tell you otherwise. Whether that's society, whether that's culture, whether that's government. I can't tell people what to do. I can't compel you. And I sure as hell am not for compelling you by force. That if you do a certain action that I find disgusting, well, guess what? You'll end up in jail. Or, even worse, you lose your citizenship. You know, what annoys me the most is the outcry from people who went crazy that Castro was dead. You had the left go, oh my God, and you had all these people going, well, it's up to history to decide to write his legacy. We've had history. We've had 50 years of it. His history is pretty clear. A despicable, disgusting human being. Of all the people who have lived in this world who are sick, twisted, and just pure evil, I don't know whether he's top 10 or top 20, but you can't complete a list without Fidel Castro. You know, when when the annals of history is done, you'll have Stalin, you'll have Hitler, you'll have Mao, you'll have Pot, and you'll have people like Castro, and plenty of others. Then you have the right celebrating, hey, he's dead, congratulations. But then we talk about burning flags and, well, let's, you know, we lock up people who burn flags. Do you not see the, the how that can start a precedent that you turn into Castro's Cuba? Where you don't respect free speech? Where you don't respect the right of man to say and do as he wants? But mine go a bit further. Back to the flag. I am adamant on this because those who disagree with me and that's okay if you disagree with me that's totally fine we will just we'll never agree on this issue you were saying two things one of potentially two things that I disagree with either you are saying free speech is not part of nature's law you're saying I don't actually you know I, I, I might agree with you John that rights come from God I just don't think free speech is one of them and you get the usual arguments, the, the, the arguments I've been dealing with for years. Well, John, should, you know, should someone be allowed to you know, run into a crowded theatre and yell fire? Is that the best argument and example that you can come up with? Do I think we should throw that person in jail and lose their citizenship? No. I do think you have to have serious consequences for it. But they are not from government. They are come from the business and the people involved. You have a right to free speech. There are plenty of things I have a right to say. I will never, ever say them. Because my conscience, my religion, my spirituality says, don't say those things. Be nice. Help them find their highest good. 
That is one objection. We can just disagree on it and we'll just never agree on it because I believe free speech, because it comes from me, I own it. You know, when you wrote the Declaration of Independence, everyone talks about the Declaration of Independence and they all utter this phrase, we have certain inalienable rights and among those life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That is the way it's written. Before it was written that way, there was a pre-draft which was changed to read life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The original read life, liberty, and property. You are entitled to life, liberty, and property. That was your founder's original version of the Declaration of Independence. But what is property? Well, come back after this quick commercial break and I'll explain. Because property isn't just man-made. Don't go anywhere, America. I'll be right back. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something. And progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. As we were just talking about life, liberty, and property, the original version of the Declaration of Independence that your founders had written. So, what is property? I'm sure if we took a poll or, you know, we did a, a survey, I'm sure many people would answer property is some type of, you know, property, you know, piece of land, a house, a bit of business. Some might include things like animals, you know, livestock, and they'd be absolutely 100% true. But for me, property goes a lot deeper. If you've listened to this show for any period of time, you'll have heard me talk about an issue I'm very passionate about, where both the left and the right today are dehumanizing the individual. You have a right to property, your intellectual property. Right or wrong, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, I am me, and I have my own intellectual property. My intellectual property are the same as yours. Your emotions, happy, sad, passionate, Angry, excited. I can't tell you how excited I am for Christmas. I'm like a little kid. I'm like, I, I just wish Santa was coming. But these are feelings. You might have different ones. You might have anxi- anxiety right now. You might be lonely. You might be missing someone. You might be looking forward to a loved one coming home for Christmas. You might be looking forward to your presence. You might be looking forward to many different things. These are your emotions. These are part of your intellectual property. Same with your experiences, your life experiences. You might look back in your childhood and think, I loved it. Man, I wish I was a child again. You might belong to a group that says, my childhood really sucked and I never ever want to go back. You might want to go back to school. You look back on different things. You look back on your relationships. You know, boyfriend, girlfriend, 
you know, best friends, other friends. You look back and them just with either goodness or badness or happiness or sadness. Regress. These are what makes you you. No one else has these emotions. The exact same. But also it boils down to your intellectual property. What you create. My intellectual property is this show. Whether you like it or you dislike it. Whether you agree or disagree. This is my intellectual property. It is mine. I own it. It's my show. No one else sees the world the way I see it. And no one else sees the world the way you see it. It's your intellectual property. Other people have had, you know, different opinions. We might share opinions, but they're all unique to you. Other types of intellectual property. You know, in the old days, prior to America, there were days where, you know, if you came up with an invention, you know, back in the 15th, 16th, 1700s, and even to this day in certain parts of the world, if you come up with an invention, oh, I have this great idea to code or to write a book. I have this great idea, this book, it's brilliant. Intellectual property, it's yours, you own it. It's what protects you. People would just come and take it. The king would just come and take it. That's mine. I think I can make some money off of it. You know, you look at some of the famous authors, they just look at that person who, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not hip or cool, but you know, look at the person who wrote Harry Potter. She's famous. Everyone knows her. She's mega rich. That's her intellectual property. Because she decided, I'm going to write this book about Harry Potter, and I'm going to write it, and then it turned into a movie. That's intellectual property. It is hers. She owns it. I don't know her name. I apologize. This is what you own. That is what property is. And I have a right to own it. And I have a right to it. And no one else can take it away from me. No one else can compel me to give it up. It is mine. It's what makes me unique. It's what makes me me. That makes me different from everyone else. My feelings, my emotions, my experiences, my knowledge. My brain makes me me. I'm not Glenn Beck. I'm not Doc Thompson. I'm not Tommy. I'm not Potter Stew. I'm not Zuddy Jasser. I'm not Justin Barkley. I am me. Warts and all, flaws and all, wrong when I am. This is who I am. That is why you cannot destroy the right to free speech. That is why I am, if you want to call me, you know, the names that people use all the time. Well, John, you're too much of a purist or an ideologue. When it comes to certain rights, you're damn right I am. I will be the first to admit it to you. When it comes to free speech, I am a purist. Because it all boils down to all men being created equal. I can't tell you what you can do or what you can say or how you can act. And you can't tell me how to either. That is the American way. That is the American traditional conservative, whatever name you want to give it. But it is the American way, the way your founders fought a revolution for. Second part to help define me who I am. And you've heard this quote on this show before because I've said it was one of my big pivot points. Voltaire, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the debt your right to say it. You see, here's the thing about free speech. If I come to America, which I'll be hopefully be doing soon, I'll talk to you about again. 
If I come to America and I sit in front of a Tea Party rally, just picture this, right? I'm in America, and let's just make it the most ex- kind of extreme. I'm in Utah, or I'm in Texas, or I'm anywhere down south, and I'm at a Tea Party rally filled with traditional Christian conservatives. And I say all your rights come from God, not from government. And I talk about American exceptional, exceptionalism. And I talk about the Constitution. Do you think anyone's going to be worried there that I, you know, someone's going to shut me up? Do you think anyone's going to be worried about my free speech rights there? Because traditionally that's been, is very popular there. There's no one going to think, John, you're going down to the deep south and you're going to talk about God and, and constitutionalism and American exceptionalism. I hope you have a free speech, right to free speech, because they might shut you up. Not going to happen. Now, that being said, if I gave the exact same speech in, oh, I don't know, Maryland, New York, California, in certain parts, do you think I need to worry about my free speech rights then? The great thing about free speech is when people agree with you, you don't need a right to free speech because everyone agrees with you. No one's going to say, I agree with you, let, now let's shut them up. It just doesn't happen in the world. You know, many people do you agree with that you go, do you know what? The problem is we need to shut them up. They just talk too much sense. They just talk too much principles. My God, just shut them up. It doesn't happen. Free speech then right to free speech is only needed when you're going to say something controversial, when you're going to say something you know people won't like. Let me give you an example, and again, playing on the stereotypical. I am playing on it, I've been open honest with it, but just to make an example. I go into a Christian church, and I open the Bible and say, you ever talk about God around here and have a conversation with them? Think anyone's going to worry about my free speech rights there? How about if I walked into a room of atheists or an, a, a room of Muslims? Do you think I have to worry about my free speech rights there or in the church? Do you see my point? When I read Voltaire's quote, it made me think an awful lot. I might disapprove of what you say, but I'll defend to the debt your right to say it. You have a right to say anything you want. I see so much people people using free speech rights today, saying the most despicable things towards your police, today and historically towards your vets. I will always stand by those men and women and their families. But I will never compromise my principles on free speech and not willing to be able to tell people what to say or do. Just because I'm okay with people's Sorry, let me rephrase that. Just because I will defend people's right to say something does not mean I will agree with it. Hillary Clinton is a prime example. Hillary Clinton is another person. The next time I agree with Hillary Clinton, it will be the first time. And because she's Hillary Clinton, I will then double-check and triple-check what she says just to make sure that we do agree. I'm not anticipating this happening anytime soon. But she has a right to free speech. Bernie Sanders. Bernie. Burn, baby, burn. He spoke the most garbage in the campaign I ever heard. I would love to actually debate Bernie Sanders because I would have a field day. Because Norwegian-style socialism doesn't work. I come from a socialist country, I can tell you it doesn't work, and I would give him prime examples of why it doesn't. 
He spewed the most BS I have ever heard. Because it just doesn't work. But they have a right to say it. If someone said, you know what, we need to shut Bernie Sanders up, I'd be the first person if it was government. Not if it was someone else, but if it was government saying, we need to shut Bernie Sanders up, I'd be the first person saying, no, let him speak. He speaks pure bullcrap, but let him, let him speak. He has a right to. Because all men are created equal and endowed by the creator with certain inalienable rights. And among those rights is the right to free speech. That comes from God. You have a right to your property, your intellectual property. I do want to address something because I've been discussing this with many people and publicly and privately. And there was a very good objection from a dear friend of mine. And I want to share that objection with you because I love trashing these ideas out where people would say, but what about this? Use this, this logic. And they came to me and said, I agree with your right to defend, you know, defend free speech, but just let me give you a scenario and just see what you think. And I said, sure, I'm open to it. You know, I don't have to agree with everybody I said. Many, many friends on the left, many people who supported Trump. I don't care. We, if you're just civil, we'll discuss anything all day long. And they came to me with this scenario and said, but what about this? The American flag. Look at what it represents. It represents all these principles and values. And I went, yep. And it's, it represents America. Yep. So in a way, don't we all kind of own the flag? So then you can't really burn because everyone owns this. You know, it's not yours. You're not burning something you own. Everyone owns it. And that's a very good point. Because it's America's flag. It's your national symbol. Here's why I disagree with it. And again, you can make up your own mind. You can agree with me, disagree with me, or see things entirely different. That sets a very dangerous precedent. For several reasons. But if you say the American flag is everyone's, and that's why you can't burn it. By the way, this person, I think, didn't agree with sending, you know, losing citizenship. They just kind of were, were thinking, you know, maybe make it a crime, but not jail. Or, you know, they, they, we didn't get into the, the, the punishment of it. They just were giving, a, you know, Sophie's choice. Playing devil's advocate. And I said, so America's flag, it's everyone owns it. What's to stop me going into the local 7-Eleven, taking a bunch of flags from me and my friends and going, hey, we're just taking these and we're not going to pay you for them because, hey, it's America's flag and you don't really own them and I don't really own them. I'm just taking them. But then go one step further. Fundamentally, what did I speak about when I spoke about property? We spoke about land and different things and land and property and business and intellectual property. But let's just go back to business. I own my own labor. I can sell my own labor. I can do this podcast for the blaze and do it for free. I have that right. I have the right to then go to the blaze and say, hey, I want some money. And they have a right to say yes or no. I have a right to my intellectual property of writing articles for free, for volunteering, for my own job, for projects I'm paid for. I own my own labor. You come to me and say, I need you to do a job for 30, 40 hours a week, and I'm going to pay you X amount of money, and I either agree or disagree. I own it. It's my labor. Those people who make the American flag as part of their job or all their job, that's their labor. 
if you say America's flag, no one owns it, it's American, everyone owns it, do you then own their labor as well? That is a very tricky and careful precedent I would suggest you think about. You do not have a right to people's labor. Whether that's the person in the manufacturing place creating the flag, whether that's the truck driver driving the flag from the manufacturers all the way to the producer or to the to the seller, and then you don't have a right to the person's labor who unpack the flags, who put them out on the shelves, who put the price up, who put the, the barcode onto the computer, and then the accountants who process the, the sales tax if you have one in your state and pay it. You don't have a right to any of their labor. I share this as an objection, just for something to think about. I love when people give me, you know, Sophie's Choice or different principles. And I thought I was really good and really thought out. And I said, I'd share the answer with you. You can decide where you stand on this issue. I believe rights come from God. And rights are included in life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the right to property, the right to free speech. I can continue on. All the First Amendment. The right to free speech, the right to religion, the right to petition your government, the right of free assembly, and the right to a free press. The Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, these are all in course with nature's law. You know, people say to me all the time, because I'm a Christian, they go, so rights come from God, so if you don't believe in God, you don't have any rights? Well, I believe they come from God, because I'm a Christian, I believe in God. But it's your creator, it's nature's law. You have a law of nature, law of the jungle. Nature's law. You have a right to free speech. You have a right to defend yourself. You have a right to be secure in your persons and your papers. You have a right not to self-incriminate yourself. Do you need me to continue? These are rights I subscribe to. We'll be delving into these issues in the new year in a new and unique way, I think. But I just wanted to break this issue down because it's relevant, because there was a lot of feedback on my Facebook post, and some people were very vehemently disagreeing with me. And then I heard that great argument from a dear friend of mine. And I just wanted to share the origins. Because what I'm going to try and do, just to let you in what I've got planned for the new year, I don't want to deal with issues on the surface anymore. One of the things I think the right as a whole needs to do, whether you're a Trump supporter or not, or whether you're a never-Trumper, whether you're a Tea Party, whether you're a Republican, is to use a baseball term. For 16 years I've watched you, and all you've done is been seen the pitcher on the mound, been the left and the media, throw fastballs at you, and you're always trying to swing. Now, sometimes you do hit a grand slam, but the vast majority you hit a ground out or a foul out or a pop-up or you strike out. It's about time the right started pitching and throwing fastballs back at them. But I don't mean just fastballs that the media say and the left use where they're got you. Oh, I got you. Now, I mean principles. Let's delve deep into all the issues. Let's delve into history. Let's delve into principles. And let's just not talk about, do you have a right to burn a flag or not? But let's delve deep into the issues and go into history, go into the philosophy, go into the founders, what the founders said about it, and go deep into it. And I'm going to share what changed mine, my pivot points, and why America is exceptional. Because one of my biggest pivot points was reading the revolutionary saying, all men are created equal. Because even to this day, not many people would say that. Not many people believe it. It's still a revolutionary saying. I would even question how many Americans believe it. It might just be more 
to me, it's more than a meme or a catchphrase. Oh, yeah, all men are created equal and given certain rights by God. Yeah, gotcha. I mean something deep. This is what I've got planned for the new year, and I'm super excited to share them with you. You will agree with some, you'll disagree with some. But to just not deal with issues on the surface, we need to start putting forward a conservative, traditional, constitutional, whatever label you want to ascribe to, libertarian policies and principles. And they all start with all men being created equal. And I don't can't tell you what to do, but you can't tell me what to do either. We will just slowly, each and every way, chip away and to take over the world and then just leave everyone the hell alone. I got to take a quick break, America. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up today on Pat and Stu. I think that's fascinating because she says it wasn't just her. It was other reporters, too, that were offered, you know, favors, prizes, gifts for favorable coverage. That's pretty interesting. I wonder if anybody, you know, how many people took them up on it? No, no, no one. Nobody? Nobody. I mean. Nobody. No one would take someone up on an offer like that, take a billionaire up mm-hmm. on an offer. Of- Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn On Demand. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. I hope today, today's show has given you something to think about. That is always my number one aim each and every week that you listen to give you something to think about. That it's not a repeat of what other people say or an attack on anyone else. I want you to find your position on issues and just make you think. That's all I ever want to do. As I discussed a couple of weeks ago, the last segment of each show leading up to Christmas is going to focus on a story, a principle, an idea from the gospel. I share these because I believe personally we need to get back to America's founding principles, which are found directly in scripture. But I also share them in such a way that it's not me trying to convert you or trying to talk Jesus to you. It's just to talk about a principle and to share the stories that it just wasn't in the 1700s these principles were found. They were found a long, long time ago. And just to share, you know, a verse or a story from scriptures, from the Gospels, just especially as we lead up into Christmas. I don't always want to be the political philosophy guy. I want to talk about just smaller issues on a smaller scale, but that are, are huge in the grand scheme of things. With that being said, I want to talk to you today, which I think it seems apt the way we started off today's show, um, talking about the issues with um, a few people and then, you know, my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend, you know, reaching your highest good. And this comes from, I want to read out to you and I want to just give you some points. It comes from Matthew chapter 5. You have heard that it is said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? 
Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I love this verse because it's apt for today and the society we live in. I don't hate anyone. I don't see anyone as an enemy. Last week's show I talked about Castro. People celebrating his death. I don't celebrate Castro's death, but I sure as hell will be the first person at the party in celebration at the death of his ideology. But I try and love everyone. Even people who I have absolutely nothing in agreement with. I would ask you to think about this verse this weekend or whenever you listen to this show. And just think about it as Christmas approaches. As you're potentially... You know, Christmas in America is a lot like Thanksgiving. In that you're going to see people you won't like. You're going to see family members who you're like, Oh God, I hope I don't talk to them. Oh, I hope they don't bring up this issue. Try and be the best person you can be and love everyone. I know I struggle with this. I I try my best to. um, But there's a lot of... uh, Issues in my family. (laughs) Putting them mildly. I don't agree with them on anything. (laughs) Which usually makes for some interesting conversation, shall we say. Interesting is the best word I can come up with. Um, Yeah, interesting. But I try and love them. Even though I disagree with nothing they say or do in some cases. I try and love them. I try. I do fail. I'm a sinner and and a hell of a flawed man. But I always try. The reason I try is because I try and raise up a standard that is better than others. I'm not better, but I try and raise a standard that is better. I look at people on the political left and the history, especially in in Europe. This is not about America, in Europe. I look at the, the traditional left in Europe and I look at the traditional right in Europe and I go, it's both horrific. It's a history of horrific actions. I disagree with you, all of you. But traditionally, the left in America has always been the vile people. I'm not saying all of them, just saying some. You know, some of the hatred that you see on the left is horrific. Whether it's the old-fashioned Jim Crow laws and slavery in the 1800s, whether it's internment camps under FDR, just some horrific acts by some people on the left. And yet, when you listen to the... If you just go down the stereotypical road in America with people on our side, the left are bad and the right are good. Look around at the right today and see, is everyone good? You know, the right are supposed to be the Christian, those who cling to the Bible. How many people love their enemies today? How many people love their political enemies? How many people would try and love Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders? You agree on nothing, you share no common principles. But hey, even the right can be nice to the right. But can you be nice to the left? 
the way I look at it is very simple. If you don't love someone and reach out, who will? If you're looking to the to the bad people to reach out and to set an example, you know, whether it's, and when I say bad, I don't mean bad as in, you know, bad people, robbers and rapists and murderers. I mean, even the bad people, you know, who want to promote sex at every opportunity in culture and, you know, people who inform culture, the media who lie and they spin and they twist. If you're looking to them to set the culture, they'll set it, but it just won't be positive. Our job as Christians, as people who love freedom, as people who don't like the business as usual, it's to set a standard, not by going down to their levels, not by insults, not by lies, not by spin, but by honesty, by love, by principles, by freedom, by liberty. And after all, if we don't offer them, how are we better than them? If we act the same way the left does, you know, if you act the same way the traditional media does, if you act the same way some in Hollywood do, where they make these outrageous comments, if you act like people like Colin Kaepernick who mourned Fidel Castro's death, and you act the same way they do, how are you different? After all, the tax collector does the same way. The tax collector is nice to his people. The Gentiles are nice to the Gentiles. And how can we look down on others? I'll never get why people want to always seem to want to look down on others. Why do you always, a set of circumstances, trivial circumstances, you're rich, I'm poor, I need to look down on you. You're black, I'm white, I have to look down on you. Oh, we went to different colleges. I look down on you. What is this always case for moral high ground and to prove that you're better? You might be better at certain things. You might be better at golf than me. I might be better at talking than you. But when it all boils down to it, we're the same person. We're both equal. We just have different skills and attributes. But one doesn't need to look down on the other. Just because you see politics a certain way doesn't mean you're better than me. You might be right and I might be wrong. But when it boils down to it, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Just something to think about as you head into this holiday season. As you, I don't know what she, what each and every one of you do, but sometimes you get to see people at at Christmas and you get to see them in New Year and you get to see friends and family and invariably you won't see anyone. Everyone you see won't be someone you agree with. There might be some deep resentment or some deep divide or some differences with some of them. It's up to you what type of person you want to be. Either you define yourself or someone will define you. For 16 years I've been involved in your politics. For 16 years, I've watched the media on the left, politicians on the left, and pundits on the left define the right as hateful, as mean-spirited, as bigoted, as haters. You have two choices going forward, especially now that for a lot of you, your guy has power. You can either 
raised to a standard and let you define yourself to be the people I know you can be, to be the loving Christian, to be the first person to reach out, to be the first to forgive, to be the first to help others, to be the first to support those who need support. Or you can succumb to the way the left paints you and be the evil, mean-spirited, hard-hearted, demeaning, bigoted, hateful people that they say you are. Now, people will say, oh, you're just saying this because of Trump. I would say this no matter who had power. This is a battle people have each day of their life. Because a person who has a warm heart and a loving heart doesn't just wake up out of bed tomorrow and go, oh, guess what? I hate everyone. Same way of fruit. You get a piece of fruit that's near its sell-by date. It doesn't just go, well, today this fruit is perfect and tomorrow it's rotten to the core. It's a slow erosion, a slow journey. You have to guard your heart each minute of each hour of each day and ensure no rot says in and be the people you can be. I hope Trump succeeds but succeeds at certain values and principles that we have in common. But for me, the real success and failure is your people. Who will define the right in America? Who will define you, each and every one of you as an individual? Who will define what the church does? Who will define what the South and each state does and each community does? Donald Trump has no power over any of them. But you do. The future of America is still in your hands. It all boils down to what you are willing to accept, what you are willing to embrace, and what you are willing to define yourself by. If you define yourself by man, by power, by ego, by money, by class, by education, I got a spoiler alert. You are no longer unique, you are no longer exceptional, you are going the way of man, and quite honestly, you will fail. If you go the traditional American way, where you are defined by God, where you are defined by principle, where you are defined by men who acted like they were willing to be free, where you act like your founders wanted everyone to act, where they pledged to each other their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. If you live by principles... And you are defined by them. Whether you have power or don't have power. This is a path to success. This is the path your founders took. This is a path that made you unique, exceptional, and quite honestly, the greatest country in the world. But it all starts with you and your heart and how you treat your enemy. Do you love them or do you not love them? This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast on The Blaze. As always, each and every week we finish the show the same way. By saluting the real heroes in society. Your police, who are going through more of a tough time. Your firefighters, your emergency personnel, and your vets. These are the men and women and families who sacrifice themselves, 
their lives, their fortunes, to be part of the solution, to stand for freedom, so that each and every one of us can do what we do. And as always, I salute you, the great American people. Never forget, America is great because Americans are good. You can be the change. You can be the leader in your community. You can be part of the next great American renaissance. You just have to choose to be it. And then you have to act accordingly. Until next week, America, have a wonderful and blessed and peaceful week. God bless you and God bless America. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. 